I'm Sonia Morton Firth and you're watching the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today my guest is Andrew Powell. Andrew runs Healthier Heroes, established in 2018 to help support veterans and their families by providing housing, education, counselling and much more. After leaving the army he struggled to find his identity. Jobless and facing divorce, he hit rock bottom and attempted to take his own life. Now his mission is to unite, inspire and help others believe anything is possible. Andrew, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Um, it's lovely to have you here, even though it's through Zoom, this modern day technology. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. And, and Andrew, we were meant to meet face to face. Um, and then, you know, something happened and you told me that you had a a veteran in crisis at the time that needed your, your help quite urgently. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you do and how you help veterans. Um, so it started a number of years ago, really, when we kind of uh, fell into a role where we was help, asked to help uh, a local authority in delivering their um, armed forces service to, to, to the borough. Um, so that saw us, you know, working with a number of veterans and their families, whether that was, you know, kind of that, that list there behind me, you know, supporting with housing, counselling support and education, employment or training. Uh, and, and that kind of evolved from, you know, a project that started with absolutely nothing then to evolving into something that was absolutely incredible. And, you know, it, it saw us looking after, you know, in excess of, you know, kind of 200 veterans. And as a wider project that started before, we started that the borough had looked after you know quite a significant amount of um, veteran families in, in you know historically as well so where does um how is how is health um, healthy heroes transformed today because i know you've you've recently taken on quite a new premises in burnley is that is that right well when i say recently sort of earlier on in lockdown yeah um so it, yeah it's kind of evolved from uh, running that project um, from uh, Greater Manchester to then moving, as you said, to, to Lancashire. So what we've been able to do is we, we kind of looked at a gap in service whereby, you know, various little veteran groups were delivering what they were delivering, whether that was, you know, on a small basis or, or a medium scale basis. But there was nothing on the scale of which we're delivering that was bespokely for uh, veterans or the armed forces community. So we set out to, uh, to find a building uh, and we we eventually found a building that we that we have currently uh, that's under renovation and it's going to be complete in about a week and a half's time. Uh, and historically, it was used as a uh, hostel for women and children. So, in terms of the the building itself, it was absolutely perfect for 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 our use. So, yeah, it's uh, almost open. Now tell me, um, because I mean, you provide some fantastic services, but when we last spoke, you were actually de dealing with a potential suicide um, attempt. So on, on, a, on a much more serious note, um, do you have any facts or figures um, in terms of within the veteran community um, of suicide rates um, and, and obviously what's happening now with mental health? issues becoming exacerbated because of the times we're living in because of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't have facts and figures because I don't tend to kind of work on them, but there obviously has been a significant amount of veterans um, that have taken their own lives this year. Uh, and in actual fact, in the last week uh, within our area, there's been a further two veterans 
uh, who have taken their own lives. Um, so yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard work. Um, but you know, organisations like mine and others, we you know constantly, you know, work so hard and tirelessly to do what we can do to support those in need. Uh, and you know, in, in terms of the mental health, yes, you know, COVID nineteen has had a huge, huge impact on people's mental health. You know that you know, it's. So for us, it's about the reduction of social isolation, but COVID is is ensured that social isolation is there. Yeah. Um, so how are you? Um, how are you dealing with um, with veterans that are going through these issues? What sort of advice do you give them? Um, so diff different sorts of advice, whether that's just being a, a befriender as a, as a peer mentor on the phone. Uh, or I tend to go out, so I do a lot of outreach work. So, I, you know, you can't really give that person-centred approach advice unless you're in person, clearly. Um, so I like to be out there on the ground, helping and supporting people where possible. So, you know, it's it's literally from uh, just having, having someone to bend my ear and, I, and have a chat uh, or work with them with the statutory NHS services or other services that, that may, they might be engaging to get the best possible uh, result from them so it's we do absolutely anything uh, anything we can well I mean that's absolutely you're doing an amazing amazing job but where did your motivation and inspiration stem from because you, you were once uh, well, you were you're a veteran yourself um, can you tell me a little bit more about sort of the inspiration behind healthier heroes yeah um I mean, I suppose in, in terms of helping people, it, it stems back to my to my uh, childhood, really. You know, I had quite a, a difficult upbringing. Um, I, was, I was born in, in a military uh, family. My dad was in the army at the time. Uh, family breakdown uh, when I was uh, a lot younger, uh, not engaging in education, antisocial behaviour, and, you know, doing the things I shouldn't have done and, and fundamentally left school with no qualifications at all. Um, and therefore joined the military at 16 to kind of get away from all of those adverse childhood experiences that I'd, that I'd faced uh, and, and as well as being kind of um, homeless for a while at the age of 14 when, when I left home so it was quite quite difficult um, and, and healthier I was just about to say do you mind me asking how you were homeless at 14 what got you to that that stage uh, it was a, it was a family breakdown um, a lot, a lot of issues within my family, which which resulted in me leaving, because um, the the situation couldn't be resolved. Um, so, so I I I, let, I made myself homeless for one for a better word, uh, but I couldn't be within that sort of environment anymore. How did you cope at the age of fourteen? Not very well, <laughs> not very well at all. And um, obviously, that then had an impact on on my education. Um, you know, I started doing things that I shouldn't have been doing as a young child. Um, I then sought to seek uh, my real father at the time, uh, which again I did. I did find him, uh, but that didn't turn out very well. So, in, in, you know, in terms of that rejection, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I had rejection all my life. Uh, I had the rejection at fourteen by leaving leaving my home, hoping to find some sort of solace and, and, and family unit again with my, with my real father, uh, and that never worked out again. So, you know, another another form of rejection, and the only. The only sort of um, get out for me was to join the army, which would provide me with that family environment. And, and let, talking about, if we, if we can talk, talk about your army days, because you, you were there for a number of years. 
how and t how many tours were you on how, while you, whilst you were there whilst you spent time in the army? Yeah, so I'd, I'd done I'd done sixteen years. I joined as a young boy at sixteen year old. Um, left in two thousand thirteen. Um, so I've been to Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, Northern Ireland, Cyprus. You know, I've been met many tours. Um, you know, operational or not. Right, right the way across the country, which is, it's been amazing. I enjoyed it. You know, I really, really enjoyed my time in the, in the military. Um, yeah, but it was just my time to leave in 2013. So, Andrew, do you think the army provided you with the, the feeling of inclusion that you missed as, as a child? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, you, you go into a family, big, big, massive family unit which you therefore then become accept small team or a large team of, of men who take you under their wing and look after you and support you uh, and that becomes your life lifestyle and family for for the rest of your career so what happened when you left the army um was was it an easy transition into civilian life um initially no because um i mean i, I left the military again because i had you know another hurdle of rejection if you will um my uh, ex-wife at the time, um, she, she had an affair while I was away in Afghanistan uh, and I came back uh, to find all that out and that's then when my whole life crashed uh, crashed around me. I lost my family, my, my children, my home um, and ended up being you know at the age of, well, I can't even remember what I was now, um, 30 or something, uh, living back at home uh, and that was, that was a massive, massive hurdle for me uh, and that's kind of then when I went down another bit of a dark road as well. When you say dark road, was there any point that you um, contemplated your own um, death? Your own? Yeah, so I, um, I, I turned to, to, to drinking uh, quite a lot and, you know, sort of dabbled in, in, in drugs. And, uh, yes, I did, I did attempt my own life at one stage with a, with a horse bike. Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was horrible. It was a horrible place to be. I mean, with a hose pipe, do you want to recount the details or is it? Um, I mean, I, 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 just, I just felt like there was, there was just nowhere for me to go. Uh, I had no place in, in my life. You know, I was again rejected for the, the umpteenth time. Um, and I just felt like everybody else around me would be better off without me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I tried to take my own life. So what was that turning point? Because it sounds like you'd hit, well, you'd hit rock bottom, right? What was mm. that turning point? Because look, look at you now, you're doing absolutely amazing things. <laughs> it sounds like you almost needed to hit that, that rock bottom. And yeah. I've talked to a number of, of, of veterans that have, you know, that have gone on and, and gone through adversities, challenges, PTSD, whatever. And it's almost like it's that hitting that, that bottom place and, and mm. how they turn themselves around. Yeah, I mean, it's quite ironic, really. I mean, I, I laugh when people say, um, you know, what, what kind of brought you back out of it? Because obviously at the age of 14, I left home. Uh, I'd never spoke to my mum for um, o over 10 years uh, because of the, the things that went on. And then obviously I rekindled that relationship with my mum. And, you know, if you, <laughs> if you were to ever meet my mum, she's about five foot two, you know, quite a small lady. And... Uh, she took a slipper off one day and belted me around the head and said, "Son, you need to sort your life out." <laughs> so uh, well, I, it was, uh, it was my mum that uh, as well. <laughs> got, got me out of it. <laughs> yeah. And look, yeah so and, look, and look at you now, and you're you know you've gone on and and you're helping others. I mean, 
do you think the government does enough to help veterans that are coming out, that have finished serving and coming out into civilian world? I think, I think for me, I think the, the government doing, they're doing a lot more than they've ever done. They really are. Um, you know, it, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. There's a lot of things to, to sort of get, get right in the communities, get right within government. Um, there is a lot more being done for them. Um, you know, everyone would, would suggest that there's, there's not enough being done. Uh, uh, there is more to be done, but it needs to come and it, it'll come in time. So I think the important thing for me is, you know, I'll, I'll never stand here and say that the army broke people. You know, fundamentally, people chose the careers that they chose and they went through the adversities and, and, and struggles that they went through whilst in service and, and when they come out. I think the important th thing for me, you know, it's about the support. So it's now about building the resilience back in veterans. Well, not putting any blame on anybody, building that resilience back in themselves and others to then, you know, fundamentally become, a, you know, a positive role model back in their communities and be the person they once was again. And there are so many examples of that. I mean, I've spoken to, to a number of uh, amazing role models um, and, and, you know, talk, talking about what's going on today and having veterans having gone through challenges and adversities when they've been on, on tours and faced death. And then, mm. you know, we're now in this situation where, um, a lot of people are, are, are facing mental health issues because of what we're going through and, and lockdowns, etc., and financial crises and, you, you know, being on the streets. I think there is a lot that veterans can offer, actually. Um, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you interviewed a, a friend of mine a few weeks ago, Andy Reid. You know, he's an yes. absolutely brilliant bloke. Amazing. An, an epitome of, you know resilience and overcoming adversity that guy is absolutely incredible and uh you know i turn to him you know quite often to, to help us help others uh, and we work very well together so you know andy's an amazing guy and you know you just look at andy and you know listen to his journey uh, and, and others can utilize that as a means of recovery to say you know and it's that, that word there believe so my motto is unite as one inspire one another and believe anything's possible i love it because it, it is it is absolutely, absolutely. So if somebody's watching this and they want to help in some way, um, how, I mean, first of all, how do you get funding for what you do? Yeah, very hard. <laughs> um, so uh, other than the normal funding streams that, that people apply for through the Armed Forces Covenant Trust Fund, uh, you know, the National Lottery, European Social Fund, you know, local authority funded, um, so that's a big one for me. I'm currently engaging with the local authorities to to support us even more uh, to provide this you know this service across Lancashire. Um, you know, I've had many many MPs come down to to uh, to Bancroft House, as it's called now, and uh, to to support us and and say that this absolutely needs to happen. Uh, in actual fact, today I had a gentleman on our because I'm I'm doing a two-day volunteering training day uh, training sessions, uh, and a gentleman approached me a few weeks ago. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he was a philanthropist mm. and he wanted to come and support us. Um, and within an hour and a half of, you know, me presenting and finishing, he, he came up and said, uh, I need to confess I am not who I said I am. I'm, uh, he's here from uh, presenting local authorities across Lancashire and uh, was coming to basically see if we are who we are and do what we do. Um, and he's gone away today and hopefully he's going to press some buttons and, and make a lot of things happen for us because he was, you know, Quite impressed. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Do you have um, a link or something if somebody wants to donate um, or, or give money or? 
to you know to, to that yeah absolutely yeah we can uh, we can i can fire you a link for our our just giving page you know we're, we're trying to raise five thousand pounds uh, and i think we've got about 1300 pound in there at the minute and that's to support veterans and their families through covid and post-covid whenever that might be um to support them with with their mental health and um, you know i mean even even yesterday a local supermarket morrison's uh, have just donated 100 hours 100 hours psychological therapy that's amazing Definitely, I'll, I'll take the link and i'll put it in the show notes and when we post this out onto social media so anyone that's watching this can donate because you're doing an absolutely amazing job and um and as you say you know it's it's things aren't on well you know it's it's just exacerbated by everything that we're going through right now and you know we've, we've we'll have remembrance sunday we've got you know the the 11th coming up um and, and with people not you know, just even passing poppy sellers at the moment because there isn't the footfall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how are veterans going to, you know, be, you know, how are we going to get money to people that need it right now? Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we've had we've had huge amounts of support from from the community, not just the armed forces community, but the community in general, who have you know, donated so generously. I mean, last night we put on a uh, an Amazon uh, wish list, and I got a, a message off of somebody who will remain anonymous, um, but they cleared the whole list out for us um, because, again, they're saying as a member of the community that veterans don't get get supported enough, uh, and and this service will, will provide all of that. That's fantastic. And when you and are you actually providing the mental health um, uh, services yourself? <coughs> Do you get external? Yeah. So I. Yeah. So I I have two uh, two internal NLP um, counsellors who are who are working for us. One's on three day weeks and the other one's on the two days. So we have that integral uh, mental health support which can can act immediately, uh, whilst then engaging with statute. Services so linking in with you know the military veteran service, the TILS service, and now the new uh, uh, um, veterans high intensity service as well. Um, so yes, we'll provide that sort of counselling support directly from within the building. And a lot of the cases you're seeing related to PTSD. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot of the cases are PTSD, uh, but it's also a mixture of you know kind of my my history and background through adverse childhood experiences uh, you know historic sexual abuse or um, family relationship breakdowns you know then again you know exacerbated by the military history um, and then if they've left with a diagnosis of PTSD all of that combined is quite a an atom bomb waiting to go off and when it does it can it, it can be quite catastrophic to the individual and those around them so I think you know it's this is not just about supporting veterans it's really important for us that we um you know also focus on the families yeah. you know, the families are the ones who take the brunt of you know mental health and addiction so it's just as important to support them as well completely agree absolutely um yeah the families that are supporting you know the veterans they're suffering just as much and in, in a different just a different way um but yeah so so you're actually supporting the families and giving them advice and to best deal with the situations. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've got um, I've got a member of staff who who, who is our complex peer peer mentor. Um, so he looks after the veterans who are struggling with the complex mental health, and then I've got a targeted support mentor who looks after the families and the children. Then, so we've got different sort of case case workers dealing with different people 
but providing them with the same level of service, albeit targeted um, around their specific needs or requirements. Do you think the homeless numbers in, in, amongst veterans has gone up or are we seeing it, you know, is it, is it just stayed the same? I think in terms of the homelessness numbers, uh, all the local authorities across the UK have obviously got a, um, a bit of a directive to, to, to reduce homelessness, but there is still a large number of homeless veterans out there. Um, that are unheard of or, or, or they're not seen. Uh, and it was only a week ago I got a, a message off a, a lady in the community telling me that there's a veteran living in a shed and has been there the last six months. And so we're now helping and supporting him. You know, it's, yeah, it's, homelessness is still a big issue and it's, it's only going to get, going to get worse. Do you think it's easy for veterans to ask for help? Um, no. Because there are services out there um, but is it a matter of us being able to market the services more or is it because of um, the, the veteran themselves finding it difficult to actually maybe come to terms with their mental health issues or come to terms with actually asking somebody for help? I mean, you know, um, I, I, you know I'm, I'm, I haven't served and, and I'm not a man, but I, and for women it's very different, but I'm guessing there is a, a certain amount of maybe pride involved yeah um, what, what yeah absolutely yeah it's it, it, it's it's very difficult to to accept help as as a as a veteran uh yeah and it's very much that you know it's the pride thing you know you, you're always told to man up when you're in the military and, and kind of just get on with things um and yeah there are there are services out there and there's there's a, there's a lot of you know very very good services that in terms of like other services veterans tend to open up more with veteran services as well you know you've all been through that journey you know you've all been on operational tours you can empathize and sympathize with the situation you can relate to um, certain stories that they might tell you about specific war zones or conflicts that they've been in um, so it kind of makes that whole uh, transition of their recovery uh, a lot easier for them but yes, they fundamentally have got to accept the fact that they've either one got a mental health issue or they've got some form of addiction issue. And, and the minute that they accept that, that's the start of their recovery. Absolutely. Other than the fact of obviously coming forward and asking for the help anyway. And if, if somebody was watching this and they, they were on the verge of um, wanting to ask for help, but they just didn't know how to, what would you, is there anything that you can say to them? Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the way to deal with it is to speak to people. There are many, many organisations out there across the UK that are supporting veterans. There are many organisations out there that do tremendous work online and providing 24-hour uh, phone line support and, and, and counselling. You know, just please pick up that phone and speak to somebody because that's the first step forward. And, you know, as much as you feel like there's not a, there isn't an out here or an exit, that's probably because you don't know how to do that and, and, and somebody else on the end of that phone will be able to give you some form of direction. So Andrew, what's next for you? I mean, you're doing an absolutely amazing job. Um, I guess none of us really know how long, um, well, they, they say lockdown, you know, we'll, we'll come out on the 2nd of December. Who knows if we're going to go back into another one. Um, what, what do you see for the future ahead? Uh, I mean, for me, you know, we open our doors on the on the fifth of December. 
Um, so we've already got a number of veterans lined up already to, to come into our accommodation. And literally 10 minutes before you, you call me, um, I managed to put a veteran into a mental health unit about a month ago. Um, and he's just rang me to say, can he come and live with us? Um, so the numbers are increasing for us. So I think the project for us at the minute is our main focus to get to get it right, to get the people in, to get the, the help and support required to get, you know, the, the, the amount of veterans and, and families across Lancashire supported in the best possible way. But, you know, this is not just about me as an organisation. It's like a huge jigsaw piece is this. Mm. You know, my organisation doesn't hold all the answers. You know, it's about multi-agency support working, you know, working with all those other groups and people to, 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 to create the best possible solution. And, that, and that's the important thing. It's not doesn't become onerous. Absolutely, and you know I've spoken to um, I've spoken to a couple of people that have got regional setups slightly similar to, to your own. Um, that they're really helping their local environments and their, their local communities. And as you said, it, it, like a jigsaw puzzle. If you can all sort of link up, you know, the more is stronger than the one, <laughs> whatever the expression is. Um, but certainly in a if there are other organisations that, yeah. um, that help with transition into work and things like that as well, do, do you get involved with that sort of side of thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to kind of go back a little bit there, we, we, you know, in terms of that, you know, working with other groups and organisations, there were a veteran in Hull who um, on Sunday got in touch with us on, on Remembrance Day as well. Uh, that, on Remembrance Sunday, sorry. Uh, he'd, he'd been in his flat with no food for a week. Um, gone through somebody else to come to me for the support and I literally picked up the phone to Paul Matson at Hull for Heroes get, sent the referral through and within an hour and a half that guy had food on his table wow do you know what I mean so if it, if it work, when it works it works amazingly well it really does Wow, um, sorry, uh, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> no, that was it. It was it was basically about collaboration and also whether you provide help to transition into work for the veterans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's the fundamental end game for us is that a veteran will come through and live and uh, and be supported by us, uh, and then when they leave, then they leave with education, employment. <laughs> training opportunities. Um, so we've got a number of employers and recruiters that work with us to provide uh, work in varying descriptions from lorry driving to, to working on COVID testing sites, um, you know, to working in warehouses, you know, the, the, the plethora of possibility for any veteran is there for them. So yeah, we absolutely do that. And we educate them as well. So we're working with a college, Lancashire Adult Learning, uh, and they're providing all our, um, all our educational courses uh, not just for staff and volunteers, but for um, anyone that we're supporting as well. So they get all that education as well. That's, yeah, it sounds amazing, Andrew. Um, and, and presumably it's not just you doing all this. Have you got a team of people, a team of volunteers? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've got, um, so there's me and my wife, um, two other members of staff, uh, sorry, three other members of staff, um, and then a, a board of trustees as well. So I think it's important that I, you know, sort of get held accountable as well to make sure that we're doing things the right, right and proper way. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, today was was day one of two days of a volunteering um, training session. So I had, you know, 22 volunteers today uh, turn up from across the community who want to help and support us. 
Um, but that's that's of those that were allowed to attend because obviously COVID. Uh, but the numbers were far greater than that. So we've got a we've got a huge amount of support through volunteering and staff as well. What keeps you going, Andrew? Bringing what keeps me going. Um, I don't want anybody else to be in that 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 position that I was in. And what keeps me going is seeing an end result and a positive outcome of working with somebody. One of my volunteers today is now in, now in um, stage two recovery, uh, who I kind of picked up through his journey. And he's been, he's been um, free from drink for 190 days, you know, so seeing success like that is what absolutely spurs me on. And just think of where you were in your childhood and how you've completely turned your life around. I mean, it's, absolutely amazing you're going on to help people i mean honestly it's it really is and uh, you know uh, you know i'm i'm saying thank you but the rest i'm sure of um the veteran community and people out there should be you know looking to people like you i mean yeah it's amazing you're doing amazing work andrew and look i will put all the yeah, i'll put all the links on there um I just want to say, well, finally, I asked this question, um, although I think you've sort of answered it, and that that is if you were to write a message in a bottle for future generations to find, what would that message be? My logo. Unite as one, inspire one another, and believe anything is absolutely possible. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday, so hit subscribe and like and you'll get it straight into your inbox.